119. Actually, they're not chapters. It's just Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is an acrostic psalm. Acrostic. Yeah, that's the new word for the day. Okay. An acrostic is a word that each letter can be applied to a word and it has meaning. For example, uh, grace, God's resources at Christ's expense. Okay, that's an acrostic. However, this is an acrostic poem, and the first eight verses begin, each begin with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. And the next eight verses begin with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Beth. The third eight verses deal with the, uh, begin with the third uh, letter in the Hebrew alphabet, Gimel. And then Daleth, and then He, and then Vau, and it goes on. It's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, 22 times 8, it's like 176. So there's 176 verses in the 119th Psalm. Each verse makes some reference to the Word of God. Sometimes the verse applies to the verse just before it. There's like three verses that do not mention the Word of God, but it applies to the verse just before it. And that's very important. Someone said to me the other day, Brother Casey, sometimes when you preach... People get mad. I said, okay, what do you mean? He said, well, they think that what you're saying is not relevant to today. And it reminded me that we do not have proper understanding of the authority of the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished to all good works. Now, we like to take the word truly and change it to thoroughly, but truly is perhaps a better definition, a better translation there, because if we're going to be perfect, then we need to be perfect all the way through in our attitude, in our appearance, in our actions. Our our knowledge needs to be perfect. And the only way it can be perfect is when we know what the Word of God says and we apply it to our lives. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. I mentioned this morning to Sunday School. Tomorrow night on the History Channel, there's going to be a program, at least an hour long, where they attempt to disprove the Bible. Attempt to prove that the Bible is not inspired of God, that it is that all Scripture is not given by inspiration. And they're going to try to poke holes in it. And it's easy to do if you don't believe what the Bible says. It is an attempt by Satan to cause doubt in people's minds. It's an attempt by Satan to draw people away from the truth. And once you reject the truth, you can believe anything you want. 
you reject the truth, it's not that you'll believe nothing. It's that you'll believe anything. And the Word of God is truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And that's so important, so critical. So let's look at Psalm 119 together. Just the first eight verses. I'm not going to preach the whole psalm. But let's stand together out of respect for the Word of God. And you follow along as I read aloud. Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep Thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all Thy commandments. I will praise Thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned Thy righteous judgments. I will keep Thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Let's bow together. Father, thank You for Your Word. Remind us again this morning of how important, how vital it is to our lives now and in eternity. Father, we're going to give you praise and glory and honor for what you do this morning here in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. I bless you. You may be seated. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Wait a minute. Say what? Forever, O Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven. How long has the word of God been around? Forever. How long is it going to continue? Forever. Why do we think it doesn't apply here and now? Admit with me. That's crazy. Okay? There was a song several years ago, country and western song. It was hilarious. I loved it. It was entitled, Here's Your Sign. You remember? Here's your sign. You could give it to people and it would say, S-T-U-P-I-D. Stupid. I called my brother Ron stupid one time and my mother washed my mouth out with soap. So I've learned not to say that somebody is stupid. I've learned to be more definitive and more accurate. What he did was stupid, which indicated that he was not thinking clearly. Okay? Here's your sign. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you say, wow, that must have been millions and millions of years ago. No, the Bible says it was about six to 10,000 years ago. And the, first, the evening and the morning was the first day. The evening and the morning was the second day. Evening and the morning was the third day. And people come along and say, well, each of those days must have been eons of time, millions of years. And that's how the earth can be 43 billion years old. Excuse me, was last evening and this morning 
One day, yes. Same in the book of Genesis. The evening and the morning is the day. Not eons and eons of time. But they say, but Brother Casey, the scripture says that a, a day is with the Lord as a thousand years. Yes, it is, because time has no meaning to God. We're the only ones that need time. So we know when to be at work and when to go home and when to eat lunch and when to go to bed. And You know, one of the glorious things about growing old is I've discovered you don't have to stay up until your bedtime anymore. You can go to bed early if you want to. Wow. That's incredible. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years refers to His long-suffering, His mercy. He is merciful to us over and over and over and over again. In fact, the psalmist says His mercies are new every morning. Wow. But the psalmist writes and says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Who walk in the law of the Lord. You say, Brother Casey, does that mean we're supposed to keep the Ten Commandments? Yeah, that's exactly what it means. You say, will you go to heaven if you don't keep the Ten Commandments? Well, that depends on whether or not you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's what determines if a person goes to heaven or not. But the Ten Commandments are given to us in order that we might live a perfect life. Have I ever known anybody that lived a perfect life? No. None but Jesus. Do I think it's possible for a person to live a perfect life? Well, I'd like to think so. I just know I'm not the one. But blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord, who live their lives according to the law of the Lord. And the very first commandment is what? Don't have any other gods besides me. And the second commandment, don't make any graven images to worship. And the third commandment, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. He'll not hold you guiltless if you take His name in vain. The first thing that pops in my mind when I talk about taking the Lord's name in vain is OMG. Anybody know what that means? Yeah, it is the new slang for taking God's name in vain. Wow. When I was growing up, it was gosh. Oh, gosh. And if we wanted to take Jesus' name in vain <coughs> without getting in trouble, we'd say, Gee, you know, you just leave out the S-U-S on the end. Gee. God said, don't take my name in vain. I will not hold the man guiltless who takes my name in vain. Number four, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. One day a week belongs to God. Give it to Him. Honor it. Because you honor Him, were, were, was the Sabbath made for man or man made for the Sabbath? The Sabbath was made for man. You can't work seven days a week all your life and not ruin your health. You can't do it for even a few weeks and not hurt yourself. 
you need a day of rest and you need a day to honor God in order that you might remember who God is and why He's important in your life. The fifth commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. My daddy said one time, if you don't honor your mom and your dad, it's going to seem long. The days are going to seem long. And oh, I know what he meant. We could go on. But you know the other five commandments. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't covet. And don't commit adultery. Five things. Notice he says in verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Some translations translate that word blessed as happy. And I guarantee you people are happier when they're keeping God's law. Okay? In fact, if your neighbor's keeping God's law, it's much easier for you to be happy because you don't have to worry about him stealing your stuff. Okay? But it's more than happy. It's blessed. Have you ever known somebody who was blessed? I mean, they pray for stuff and God just gives it to them. They need something and God just supplies it. Somebody who's blessed. Somebody who goes through life with a, with a sense and a feeling of joy because they know that no matter what happens here, this isn't the end. This is just the beginning of an eternal life. And we're going to spend the rest of it in the presence of God Almighty. We're going to be able to look on His Son and see those nail prints in His hands. Those holes in His scalp where the crown of thorns were crushed in. And we're going to know that He died for me. And He died for you. Wow. I owe Him so much. And He's so gracious and good and and has blessed me so much. Let me give you an example. I mentioned to somebody three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, no, three weeks ago, that I would like some walnuts, black walnuts. Okay? And two days later, they showed up at my house, knocked on the door, and I went out, and they said, we got you some walnuts. And I said, great, thanks, appreciate it. Seven Walmart bags full of walnuts. Okay? So I put them in the garage, and they said, you want some more? And I said, sure, why not? Three days later, they show up with construction trash bags, the big ones. Seven construction trash bags. Full of walnuts. Okay? There's no way I can pastor and crack that many walnuts in one year. Well, you got to get the hulls off. When I was little, we'd pour them out in the driveway, and Dad would run over them a few times, and then we'd go pick them out. Okay? I would have had a pile of walnuts in my driveway this tall. Wouldn't have been able to get over them. And so I got on the Internet started looking around. There's a guy in south of St. Genevieve, about 12 miles off of Highway D, who hauls walnuts. They have a big sawmill, big walnut hulling machine. So Friday I loaded them up and took off down there. Got down there. 
There's three people in line in front of me. I waited till they got their trucks unloaded, and then I pulled up, backed in, threw those walnuts in there. 111 pounds, five bags of walnuts. Bags this big, this big around, okay? And I looked at those walnuts, and I said, there's no way. Well, the sign out in front of the place said, we buy walnuts. And I said, what are these walnuts worth? The guy figured it out. He said, $15.08. I said, I want to keep two bags. The little bag, there's one of them, only about three-fourths as many walnuts as the other. I said, I keep, want to keep that little one and one more. He said, okay, is $5 fair for hauling them for you? I said, sure, you know. If I'd said no, he would have said four or three or whatever, and I could have talked him down. But five was fair, trust me. <laughs> so I said, yeah. He said, okay, I'll give you 10 bucks for the rest of them. And he bought the rest of the walnuts from me, 13 cents a pound. Okay. I load those walnuts in the back of the truck, and I start home. And I'm driving up the road thinking, I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. He said, what are you going to do with the 10 bucks? I'm going to give it to the guy who brought me the walnuts. <laughs> I owe him. <laughs> you know? I'm almost afraid to say anymore if I want something. You know? I'm afraid to say it out loud, and God knows my heart, and sometimes he sends it anyhow. But, but blessed, that's more than just happy. That's joyful. You say, Brother Casey, is everything in your life always joyful? Yeah. Is everything in my life always happy? No way. No. Flat tires do not make you happy. Okay? Stepping backwards off the porch into the yard does not make you happy. I haven't done that lately, but I remember the last time I did it. I was not happy. Austin and I were trying to get something out of the tree. And so I put him up on my shoulders and stood up with him. And when I stood up with him and got up straight, I was off balance and he was off balance. And we went, boom, right in the grass. I thought I'd killed him. And I rolled over and wished I had killed me because it hurt so bad. Austin jumps up and I said, are you okay? And he said, yeah. Yeah. I said, you want to do it again? He said, no. <laughs> I was glad because I would have had to have somebody else pick him up a second time. Oh, my goodness. And he was much smaller then than he is now. You didn't know about that, did you, Laura? Good. Thank you. <laughs> okay, it was over a year ago. Okay, it was over a year ago. <clears throat> Some things you don't tell the moms until a long time has passed. And I'm hoping Austin doesn't even remember it. <clears throat> Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Do you know what some of the blessings are of seeking him with the whole heart? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Delight thyself also... Uh, no, excuse me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness... And all these things will be added unto you. Now, do you know what things are? Things are stuff. Okay? 
Okay, stuff and junk. That's things. In chapter 6, Jesus talks about people being dressed nicely. And he refers to the flowers of the field that grow in the ditch. And he says, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. None of them are as pretty as these flowers. Not any of the robes Solomon had were as pretty as these little flowers. And then he talks about the birds of the fields. He said, you don't see them building barns. Their, Their heavenly Father knows that they need to eat, and He feeds them every day. And he said, and place to live? God knows you have a place to live. God knows you need a place to live. He's going to take care of that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Stuff and junk. As you know, stuff is the junk you keep. Junk is the stuff you throw away. Only difference. See? And as I've said before, go to an estate sale and see what, the, see what their kids are doing with their stuff. Then, Psalms, delight thyself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Blessed are they that keep His his testimony and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Do you walk in the ways of Jesus Christ? Do you walk in the way of God? Or do you do what you want to do? Instead of asking him, what does he want you to do? Good question. Because I remember a time when I did what I wanted to do, knowing that it was not what God wanted me to do. And you say, well, how'd that work out for you, Brother Casey? (laughs) Not good. Not good. I mean, I don't mind sharing with you the fact that I made a big mess out of things. They also do no iniquity. They do not sin willfully. They walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently. Diligently? Yeah, diligently. Work at it. Work at it. When you see a passage of Scripture that is a command of God, work at it. Don't say, well, that doesn't apply to me. We think so many of the Scriptures are suggestions, don't we? In fact, we'd feel a lot better about it if God had just said, now these are the ten suggestions. Take it or leave it. But they're not suggestions, they are commandments. You know what the word Lord means? We call Him the Lord. We call Him the Lord Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus. Do you know what the word Lord means? It comes from an Anglo-Saxon word that means keeper of the bread. Keeper of the bread. If you look at the Hebrew word for Lord, Adonai, you know what it means? Keeper of the bread. The Japanese word for Lord, you know what it means? Keeper of the rice. Why? Because the rice in Japan is made out of, I mean the bread in Japan is made out of rice flour. Okay? 
Every time the word Lord appears in any language, it comes from the same basic root, which means keeper of the bread. I like bread. I like it in cinnamon rolls. I like it in cake. I like it in cookies. You know that bread flour? I like it in sandwiches. I like it with honey poured over it. Did that this morning for breakfast, in fact. Scrambled an egg. Made a piece of toast. Covered the toast with honey. Put the egg on the toast. I can do it without it. Eat the bread egg separately. But I just thought I'd do it all one time. Save a little time, you know. I mean, it wasn't like I didn't have an extra hour. <laughs> oh, never mind. Forget that. Ate that egg, ate that toast, was given to me by the Lord. The Lord. He commanded us to keep His precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep Thy statutes. Verse 5. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep Thy statutes. You know what the psalmist is asking for here? He's asking... He's saying, well, I wish it was easier than it is. I wish it was easier than it is. Because my way is not direct to keep his statutes. That's not the way my nature is. My nature wants to do it my way. You know the song. I did it my way. You know, people all over hell know that song and they're wishing that they had not done it their way. They'd done it God's way. Wish they'd done it God's way. Because my way is not to do it God's way. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6 said, Man, I find a law in me that when I would do good, I can't. What, what I want to do, I find myself not doing. And what I don't want to do, I find myself doing. That's just that old nature. But, thanks be to God who gives me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's given me a new nature, a new spirit. And yes, it is often at war with my old spirit. Indian, near where my dad lived, had two dogs. One of them was mostly white, the other one was mostly black. And these two dogs like to fight all the time. And the kids would gather around and, and try to get the Indian to turn them loose so that they'd fight each other. My dad grew up in central Oklahoma, which is, I don't know about Indians, how he knew about Indians. But anyhow, uh, he asked this, this guy one time, uh, this Indian one time, he said, how, how do you determine who's going to win? Because one of them, I mean, the Indian could pretty much just tell you which one's going to win. He said, how do you know which one is going to win? And my dad said that Indian looked at him and said, it's going to be the one I say sick them to. <laughs> you know, I found that true in my old life. If I say sick them to my old nature, it wins. But if I say sick them to my new nature, the old nature has to back away. I want to walk diligently in the ways of the Lord. 
I want, I want my ways to be direct, directed to keep His statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. That refers to 1 John chapter 2. The end of the chapter, I think it's verse 21, 22, long in there somewhere. John says that some people are going to be ashamed at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's coming unexpectedly. I don't know if you knew that or not. Okay, He does not announce the day nor the time, you know. He was coming tomorrow and a bunch of us would get busy getting things right with him. We don't know that he's not coming tomorrow. We might all live like he is. The scripture says that we should not be ashamed if we have respect unto all his commandments. But we like to pick and choose, don't we? I like the commandments about don't commit adultery. Really? Yeah, yeah sure. Why do you like that one? Well, because I've been married 39 years and I had a real problem with lust and pornography for 30 some years. And I asked God to take care of it and He did. I told Him I don't want to live anymore if I had to fight that all the time. And He gave me cancer. What a sweet gift. And I thought I was going to get to home, go home to heaven. And whoa, I was all excited. And then he healed me. But as a result of the healing and the recommendations of the doctors afterward, God took care of the problem with lust. Pornography does not interest me anymore. You say, wow, well, Brother Casey, you sure are lucky. Blessed, I think, is the word. Blessed. Honor thy father and thy mother. I like that one too. Because I had honorable parents. It's easy to honor honorable parents. But the truth is, I would have had to honor them whether they were honorable or not. I shall not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. That means when I start praising God, I don't have that hesitation. Ooh, wonder if he saw that. Wonder if he knows about that. I can go ahead and tell you, he knows everything. He knows all about you. I will keep thy commandments. Oh, forsake me not utterly. And that is a sweet, sweet promise attached to that. You say, what do you mean? When I have not kept his commandments, when I have not directed my way to his precepts, when I have not kept his statutes, when I have not honored his testimonies, when I have not lived like I ought to live, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins, and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, making me just as though I had never sinned all over again. 1 John 1, 9. That's incredible. Hebrews, he said, I will never leave thee and never forsake thee. And that's incredible. 
was talking to a man the other day. He said, well, yeah, you can get saved, but if you sin, you, you, you're lost again. And I said, well, that's not the Jesus that I worship. He said, what do you mean? I said, the Jesus I worship said he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. How can I be lost again? The Jesus I believe in said that he would give me the authority to be called a son of God. How can I be unborn? Can't. My name is Randy Casey because my dad was a Casey. My grandpa was a Casey. My great-grandpa was a Casey. I don't know anybody past that, but I'm pretty sure they were all Casey's too. I'm a Casey by birth. I'm a child of God by choice and by birth. And not only that, but the Holy Spirit adopted me into the family of God. Legally. So that I have legal standing as a voting member of the family. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And I am made all of those things because I believed that Jesus loved me and died for me. And God raised Him from the dead. And because of that, when I believed on Him and received Him as my Savior, poof, I am in the family. That's just cool. But you know what? There's only one place in the world where you find that. This book. The Word of God. The Word of God. And if you don't believe this book, heaven's not your destiny. But God is long-suffering. He is merciful. He is not willing that any should perish. And so He has allowed you to be here today so that you could hear that Jesus loves you. He died for you. God raised Him from the dead. And He will save you if you ask Him to. And you can do that this morning. If you're already saved and you find things in your life that are not right, He'll also forgive you and make you right. If you'll ask Him. You just yield to it. Two ways that happens. Number one is when somebody is angry with you and you go to war with them and you lose. And you have to surrender. Okay? The other way is when somebody's angry with you and you go to them and make peace. You yield to them. Has the exact same effect, only without the fight. I would much rather yield to God than to fight with God and lose and have to surrender later. I've tried it both ways. Trust me, the yielding is easier than the surrendering. And so in just a moment, we're going to have a verse of invitation, a couple of verses perhaps of song. And when we do, if you are not saved, I want to offer you the opportunity to come and receive Christ as personal Savior. We'll take the Word of God and show you how you can be saved. If you're already saved and the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart this morning about something in your life that is not pleasing to God, something that is against His commandments or His precepts or His testimonies or His statutes, you say, Brother Casey, what are all those things? All, all the same thing. 